Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast preview show. Our little, uh, you know, gathering of a Friday to uh, to kind of wrap up what's been going on in the Chelsea world during the week. And of course, look, aw- look ahead to the weekend's game, which of course this weekend is the uh, FA Cup tie against Luton Town. Uh, now, uh, other than me, uh, Stanford Chidge, I have, of course, the Right Honourable Lord uh, Privy Seal, Mr Jonathan Kidd. Uh, or Lord uh, Seal of the Privy, even, if you prefer. I didn't promote it. I thought I was an earl last <laughs> week. A duke. A, a duke, duke, maybe. Yeah, duke, so how duke. are you? You all right? Great, thanks, Jeff. Great, Good. Great, uh, yeah, yeah. Lovely stuff. We've also got... Uh, a bastion of the Chelsea fan cast and social media and everything, really. It's everybody's mate, really. Dan Silver. Good evening, chaps. Good to see you. Now, um, Good to be here. we will later on, we're going to be hearing from a, a lovely young man called uh, Lewis Williams, who uh, he does the Luton Town, uh, the interesting title. I must ask him about this when he comes on the Luton Town International Podcast. So there you go. And he'll obviously be giving uh, the Luton Town perspective for the match on Sunday in the opposition view um, and we'll obviously be talking about our own preview of it after him but uh, first up we've got an, and I have to and I, I say this with feeling today I do say this with feeling we have one of our own he's our friend actually okay Mr Liam Toomey of The Athletic uh, and as you know we always have a journo on every Friday to uh, discuss what's been going on in the Chelsea world and everything. Um, serendipity has, dec- has has meant that we have Liam on tonight. It's been a bit of a day for you, hasn't it, Liam? I, f- I think the first thing I should ask you is, how are you? I'm fine, honestly. Um, <laughs> I've had a lot of messages asking me the same, but uh, I feel a bit awkward about all of this because I think there there isn't really any any issue, nah. you know, um, you, you, you and Frank still mates. I think that's what we all want to know. Well, I mean, explain uh, what's uh, happened for those who don't know, because there are those in okay, the brain so, who might not watch, know. Sure. So, like I mean, J.K. A bit, yeah. A bit, of the, <laughs> a bit of the background to this, so I'm, because I'm sure if you've only seen like the one minute clip, um, it won't make a lot of sense what actually happened. So, basically, Simon and I, Simon Johnson and I. Um, published a story shortly after the Manchester City game a couple of weeks ago, uh, a bit too shortly after the Manchester City game a couple of weeks ago for some people's liking, and I completely understand that. Um, we, we weren't too happy, as I recall. Yeah, I, I completely understand why people have an issue with the timing. You know, it was a it was a it was a difficult decision, and the only thing I'd say is there's never a good time to yeah. to run a story like that. Um, but we were prepared for the reaction um and we you know it, the story was that lampard's position was under threat it was based on credible information um that we'd heard in the preceding days and double and triple triple checked um because you don't report something like this lightly um and that of course has kind of launched the conversation um or changed the nature of the conversation around chelsea in the last couple of weeks with now um credible information that you know the club are looking at alternatives and certain names certain specific names have been reported um and I'm, I'm sure all of these things are annoying frank lampard and it's completely understandable that they would be um and that they'd be under- annoying people at chelsea the other relevant bit of context i think to what happened today is that i wrote a piece earlier this week um which was a tactical piece um, in which I went through a programme we've got called Y Scout, uh, we've got access to. Um, the very fine piece, Liam, very fine. Indeed. Yeah, sort of went frame by frame through 
um, some sort of key stretches of the Leicester game because the more, especially when I went back and watched it, um, you know, I often find that process helps me when I go back and watch a game again to actually better understand what's happened. Um, and it seemed like all of the issues that we've been talking about with the Lampard era um, were all evident in one game. You know, the issues that have come up more with the, the current squad and the issues that were um, in some of Chelsea's worst performances last season as well. Um, so that piece was written just purely from that perspective to highlight all of these things are now happening at once. And the fact that they're all happening at once and they're happening relatively consistently because it was quite similar against Manchester City as well is a big problem. Um, and when you couple that with everything we're hearing in the background about the the perilous nature of, of Lampard's job, um, it's it's a it's a bleak outlook right now. Mm. Uh, and none of that was intended as personal criticism of any of players or or of Lampard himself. It was just kind of trying to talk about the situation as it is. But I understand obviously that well, Lampard made it clear today he didn't like that piece. Um, which, which is which, which is, is can I hang on a minute, chaps? Which yeah, is which piece? Which piece? I don't know which piece you did. Well, like. that's the piece, J.K. That I, I I worked so hard on today in the notes that I even put a link into it because you know, I've read it. I, well, I that's the piece. That's no, the, did it mean the first piece? No, no, that's it. the piece we're talking about. The he, yeah. top top heavy and lacking belief where Chelsea are going. Clarity. Around. For clarity, anybody listening? That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I su- I suspect the news story about Lampard's job being under threat also played a part in well, his I reaction mean, today but the, what he stated was the piece that I wrote earlier this week. I think look you know we I mean the the irony of course about today was that I read that piece today and I thought it was you know you know look you're a journalist I I write as well we like to write in particular ways so yeah I can see that there may have been a few things that were a bit prosaic you know in terms of what you were saying about frank but actually i thought it was a really good piece i thought tactically you would you nailed it i would have i would have made the same points tonight and in fact i kind of have in in my running order in my own way but they're not a million miles away from what you were saying can i just just finish up on 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 what happened in the presser today because you know look my own view on it liam is that you know you're a big boy you're an adult you can handle it you know, I love you yeah. to pieces and, and you, you can write whatever you want to write. I love Frank Lampard too, and he's a big boy. And, you know, if he doesn't like something, he's absolutely entitled to say it. Um, I quite, I mean, I can you can be, quite, there's a duality to Frank doing that. You know, you can argue whether it was right to do that publicly or not. But, you know, he's entitled to be upset. He's entitled to air it. I wonder if there might be some, you know me, I can't help it being a psychotherapist. I wonder if there's something else going on as well, you know, because the the thoughts when I heard it was, well, well, why you, you know? I mean, I know you were there, so that, of course, made you quite an easy target. Uh, but why, why you, why now? Maybe he's Maybe he's sending out another message. And I think, you know, the players were shonky as hell against Leicester. There's no denying it. I love them all to pieces, but I can I can call them out when I think they played shit, and they did. Maybe maybe what he's trying to do is to deflect some attention off them. I remember that this is a guy who played under Mourinho for a long time. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, that, yeah, well, there's a couple of things there. Um, the first is that if you if you look at the context of the presser, um, he was pretty short and chippy building up to that point. He's not in a good mood, um, is he? 
No, he wasn't in a good mood for the entire press I don't conference. Blame it. Yeah, and I, of course, it's completely understandable in the context. Um, and he seemed to get more riled as the inevitable questions came about whether he was feeling pressure and his future and what it felt like to see other managers' names um, linked with his job. And then I think my question came after all of that and the fact that it was me and he had, he clearly had this piece in his head. Um, he saw an opportunity to address that, even though I was asking a question about something completely different. Um, the other thing I think is he, he definitely dressed up his response to me as kind of defending his players. Yeah. He sounded, he, he, he phrased it as if your criticism of the players has been unfair, not objective. Um, he mentioned confirmation bias as well. And I guess I'm not really the best person to talk about that because that's the way confirmation bias well, works. I'm it's glad better you, if someone else I know, tells I know, me whether I, I've got it or not. I know Dan's um, desperate to come in and I, and I promise, Dan, I will I will go to you next. But I, I mean, we were giggling on WhatsApp. And of course, you know, people probably don't know this. We have our own Chelsea fancast WhatsApp group and Liam is on it. He's one of the Chelsea fancast, as are Sam and Adam. And we speak very freely. Obviously, there's a golden rule. It's a bit like Fight Club. What what what's said in the Chelsea fancast WhatsApp group stays in the one Chelsea WhatsApp app group. But uh, I I've mentioned confirmation bias a lot recently to people. Anybody who's cared to listen, <laughs> you know me. I'm not fussy because I've been saying for weeks that I think there's just an assumption that Frank will get the sack because there's this assumption that that's what Chelsea do, and. I think if you go back in the last three managers, that's not actually necessarily the case. But anyway, enough of me, Dan. Yeah, I'll just say, you know, Frank's got this job probably too early in his career. He's, what's he, two years into management? And this this is probably the first time he's actually faced some, you know, some severe criticism because last year was a, was a free free reign pretty much because he hadn't spent any money picking up a team on the back of Trasburn. And now we've we had a, a decent run, albeit not setting the world alight. And this is probably the first time in his career he's had a real struggle. It's new to him and he's got to get used to it. And also, I think, you know, it's, it's hard when people are criticising your work. You know, you're entitled to it. And I think a more experienced manager may, may have a different reaction because he's, he's learning his game as well. He's been, you know, he's got the top job probably too early in his career. And, you know, where does he go from here? He knows this is his big opportunity, which you don't turn down Chelsea regardless. He's now 18 months into it. It's not all doom and gloom if you look at other teams around us. It's a crazy season. You know, we win two games and other teams drop points. It's a whole different ball game. We're not massively adrift. And it's a whole sort of, you know, this is what Chelsea has done in the past. Well, yeah, it's a very different Chelsea. This is not Chelsea of six, seven years ago with international captains throughout the team. It's not a Chelsea team that was bullying and dominating dominating players. We're re- almost like we're resetting. He doesn't run for his own back, though, Dan, hasn't he, by having 17 matches unbeaten. That was the trouble, I think. Yeah, well, listen, he got to fourth I mean, spot last year, which nobody really expected. And like, listen, the, the, part, the problem is the whole, the whole team is inexperienced, with the exception of Thiago Silva, seriously experienced. And the backroom staff are all inexperienced. You know, Jody Morris, Neil Edwards, the guy they got from um, Wigan as a defensive coach, they've got no experience. There's no wise head, you know. Frank's got no one to talk to. All the, all the people he knows, like Joe, say, et cetera, et cetera, are, are you know, in jobs, he hasn't got anyone to, to you know to, to talk to. There's always That's Harry, like, Dan. There's yeah, always but, Harry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Harry, just so you know, take it back hand. Down at the bare bones, Frank. Oh. Down at the bare bones. Ask Rosie. Uh, Frank, yeah, I, I, I said I, I'm kind of. My view is this: we're halfway through the season. We're not adrift. I think if we, if we were adrift, severely, well, look at Liverpool. We were saying before the show, weren't we? We look at Liverpool. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, Liverpool, you know, all, all this about compare Lampard to Klopp. The only thing you can compare is that Klopp, Liverpool gave Klopp time. You know, Klopp was a serial winner before he came to, to Liverpool. So, so in terms of like for like, you can't compare. But Liverpool gave Klopp time. It took four years to get to where they are now. That's what it's all about. In fact, fact, listen, they're going to give Frank time or they're not. It's, it's kind of like his binary, isn't it? They're going to stick with him. If we become seven, eight, nine, ten points adrift, then I think, you know, they push the bus. I mean, look, I, just, to, just to put a line under that, Dan, I, I, my own view is that I think that they'll wait till the end of the season. That's that's my own view. Yeah. I've written about that and there it is. Anyway, enough of me. Jonathan, I know you're champing to get to the, into the... I was going to say that Bruce Buck's given his vote oh, of yeah, confidence. Oh, yeah, yeah. So is that real? No, that's fake. And he did that's that to fake. Ancelotti two weeks is, before is he it real? Him. Is it fake news? I don't that's know. Fake. What are you... Go on, that's Dan. fake you know, because they know. spelled centre the American way. Oh, have they? Such, oh. Such yeah, but Bruce, Bruce is American. Maybe they were being authentic. The Chelsea team would not write that bad English. Just a really awful... Awful bit of English. I know, listen, you know. let's ask somebody you might know. Do you know what we're talking about, Liam? There was there was something certainly on Facebook uh, yesterday. I rarely know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most sensible thing I've heard in about all the, 13 all these, years. All these references to old TV shows and, and <laughs> that come on here. I'm just I, I'm sitting here soaking it in, but it's kind of. I know, I know. Like life on Mars. We, I know. It's, <laughs> well, somebody compared us to the Golden Girls the other week. I think it was Dan was actually. Hey, there you go. I love that. that. Uh, anyway, enough, enough. The, um, the, can I just say one final yes, thing? Yes, of course Chich. you can. Um, just like the one, the, the reason why I've kind of felt a little bit awkward about today, I only put one, I put one tweet out. I mean, I was, the nature of the press conference, after you ask your question, you're muted. So I, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to get involved into a sustained exchange with Frank anyway. I might have followed up with any injuries. Um, but aside from that, I didn't really have any desire to, but the, the one thing I'd say is that everyone, Everyone else has made a big deal out of this today. I, yeah. I, put, I put one tweet out just, and that was it for me. But all I'd say is like, this isn't, I don't see this as an issue. I, I wrote what I wrote. Lampard is completely within his rights to let me know what he thinks about it publicly or privately if he wants to um, about it about, or about anything else I write. And none of it really matters because the only thing that actually matters is how Chelsea play on the pitch. And that's the only thing that's going to make a material difference to to whether he stays in this job or not. Yeah, Do you, when you give your questions at the press, sir, do you have to give them in advance? No. So Frank, so, no. Okay, so Frank wasn't aware it was coming, so he can't prepare for it, as it were. So you, you can ask whatever you want off the bat and then nobody controls what you say to a point. A question second. Liam, do you not feel good, though, that he's clearly read your article? Seriously, um, seriously as a... As yeah, a it's, it, it's flattering. He's yes. paying attention to you. I think that's yes. completely... Personally, I think it's fantastic. It's I love, I love the idea because you're then... You're part of that elite group, the fact, surely, but with your peers, they're going, bloody hell, he's paying attention to, 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 to this, this, this excellent article. So in a sense, if it's gone under his skin... That's it's really certainly, it's certainly flattering. Yeah. I, I, I now worry whether I've lost the subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Well, but, I tell um, you, no, I said on WhatsApp, Liam, didn't I? I said the fact that he mentioned confirmation bias made yeah. it, sent a shiver down my spine. So I thought, shit, we've been saying that on the fan cast for weeks. He's probably listening to the bloody fan cast. But they, well, I, I must share the story with the listener uh, that I shared with you guys on, on WhatsApp, which is absolutely true. Darren, uh, Frank used to run a pub in Chelsea uh, and Darren knew this and knew that he would be in there with Christine and Darren stalked him because you know what Darren's like. So Darren stalked him 
and basically uh, pre- stalked him, found him in the pub, and presented Frank Lampard with uh, a, a jiffy bag which contained a Chelsea fancast T-shirt and several CDs of es- issues of the show. And this must have been, I don't know, eight years ago, maybe nine years ago. Uh, so there's a very good chance that Frank does listen, in fact, to the Chelsea fancast. So I think on that basis, we are probably next. So maybe he'll phone in on the show and say, "Oi, no!" But anyway, look very quickly, Liam. I mean, God, I, I didn't, I really didn't want this to be the entire 20 minutes, but you know, clearly, it's it's a, a serendipitous opportunity for us all, really, isn't it? Um, I mean, you wrote a very long article about it, so to expect you to say it in 30 seconds is really unfair. But if there was, maybe if I pick out something that that was salient to what I thought about Leicester, and I, I kind of summed it up. We, we we haven't done a review of it yet, because obviously it was on Tuesday, but had we, I would have said, for me, the big problem at the moment is we're too easy to defend against and too easy to attack. And what I thought was really interesting in your article was something, again, that we've been saying on the show a lot, which is there's a problem with the midfield here, folks. Now, we know that Kante wasn't playing, which I think, you know, exacerbates the problem. But I thought your idea about the two-two-six formation... Um, I mean, you know, Mike Bassett's probably wetting himself with that idea. But, I mean, that that was clearly a problem, wasn't it? Well, it, it was just the lineup was strange to me the moment it came out. It looked incredibly attacking. When, when the deepest line midfielder is Kovacic, who we know we've seen him play that deepest line role before. I don't think he's ever played it well because he doesn't have the defensive instincts for it. Um, and we know how far forward Lampard always sends... Chilwell and James, and and that's kind of their their biggest contribution to to Chelsea is their attacking contribution, really, um, in this system. He basically set up the team in a way that meant they would regularly be caught with two players back against maybe the best counter-attacking team in the Premier League. And Jamie Vardy's the best counter-attacking striker maybe I've ever seen. But yeah, so... It, it struck me as a strange team and it played out that way on the pitch. Look, we saw with in the Conte era that that 3-4-3 would regularly become a front five when Chelsea had the ball. So it's something that can work very well. But the difference was they always had three defenders. They always had two two midfielders who were kind of a bit more conservative. There was balance in the setup, And it doesn't... It, I mean, it certainly didn't feel that way against Leicester, but it, there's been quite a few occasions now where doesn't feel like there's a, a balance in the team and the structure kind of collapses at key moments. All right, the, 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 Sorry, could I say the bewildering, yeah, yeah. bewildering selection of Rudiger, who just displayed all the errors that he made um, last season and relegated himself, we thought, to fifth choice. So the fact that he's been playing him has been... He made all the same errors again. again you just think, what, what, I don't understand what the, what's going yeah. on. That's why, we, that's why we keep looking for something else behind the scenes, particularly with the Tamari business. You just think, how has he managed to end up in the first team? Surely there's something, yeah. there's personality going on here or a kind of battle somewhere. I'm, I'm confused by this kind of selection when he was absolutely awful in the game. You just mm. think. It is weird, isn't it? Look, Liam, we've got to let you go in a minute, sadly. I mean, we could have had an hour and a half on this, but as we've got such an appalling reputation for timekeeping, I'm determined that the Friday show doesn't descend into those depths. But uh, final question, really. I mean, do you think... Uh, that Frank can turn this round? Based on the things we, we've been hearing since kind of the beginning of January, 
Um, and bear in mind that there's a lot that we've heard that we haven't written because that's just the nature of journalism. You can only write what you're absolutely mm. sure of at, a, at the right time. Um, I'm inclined to believe, no, this, this feels very much like a situation where he, he might, he might not, he might not go soon. He might well be given till the end of the season. A lot of that depends on results. Um, but it's hard to see him being trusted now to be the man to oversee this long term. Uh, that was a really clever answer. Thank you. Cause I was about to go and say, that's not really what I asked, but actually you answered <laughs> what, I, what, what I did ask in two different ways which is just shows what a genius you are because i think what you're really yeah. trying to say is that like me you think that actually in the long run which of course is the wonderful john maynard Keynes, in the long run we're all dead so what does that mean but in the long run yes frank can turn it round but actually the club have decided that he fulfilled his use in a season where we had a transfer ban where they wouldn't have been able to hire anybody in their eyes decent anyway so now they've decided that, OK, well, you know, Frank's not up to it yet. So we'll actually better get somebody in who is. Is that, is that what you're really saying? Well, and, and the decision isn't up to him, is it? He can't control that. So, no. I mean, even at the moment, performances are trending the wrong way. Um, but, he, I mean, they, even if they start trending the right way, what I'm saying is it, it's difficult to see in terms of the current direction of travel and the kind of, yeah, but that can, that can change. That, that can change. And I think that's what you and I were both Results saying. Results can change the complexion, definitely. Yeah. And, and they can make people feel a little bit more reassured about things. But the, the conversations that are being had right now, when they reach this stage in the Abramovich era, <clears throat> it generally only means one thing, which means there will be a, a change. It just is a question of when. So there you go. Same old bloody Chelsea back to the drawing board. Liam, I've got to let you go, sadly. Um, you, yeah, you, yeah. yeah, I mean, well done for coming on, mate. I, it, nice. I mean, look, you know, you know, that's, it's been, it, I, you know, I, I appreciate that must have been difficult today. So fair play for you to, to come on tonight and, and uh, explain what happened. We love you still. That's all right. Yeah, we, I, I mean, obviously enjoyed... we love Frank Lampard more, but we still love you. All right. I, I accept that. <laughs> I never enjoy reporting on managers under pressure, but unfortunately when you cover Chelsea, it's part, part of the, the job, mate. Occupational job, hazard, isn't it? Remember, Liam, you'll be here when he's gone. So, we'll, you know, it's better that way. Well, well I, I mean, you know, that's something to remember. We're all, I mean, you know, the only constant in, in a football club is the supporters. Maybe yeah, the people who meant. run the club should bear that in mind sometimes. Anyway, Liam, brilliant. Well done, mate. Uh, we'll we'll see you very, very soon. You take care. Have a good weekend. Go and have a beer or something. That, that's what I Appreciate would Appreciate you guys. Enjoy your evening. We yeah, will. Cheers, mate. You. Lovely stuff. Yeah. There you go. Liam Toomey there of The Athletic. Uh, now almost as famous as Frank Lampard. Now, after the break, as I promised you, we're going to have the opposition view. We've got a lovely young lad who's waiting in the wings called Lewis Williams. We will see you in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Uh, right, welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast. This is me, Stanford Chidge, and I've got Jonathan Kidd with me. Uh, the lovely Dan Silver. He's gone to sleep. Oh, oh no, he's back. There you go. And uh, he's, he's back. Uh, anyway, we also had Liam Toomey on from The Athletic in the first part, which is really obviously very interesting given uh, the... Uh, the presser today but there we go now it's time for this 
the opposition view. Yeah, that's right. Time for the opposition view, where we get to uh, talk to uh, somebody who knows far more about the opposition, which of course is Luton Town uh, in the FA Cup this weekend, than we will ever know. Uh, and we have the lovely Lewis Williams with us. Good evening, Lewis. Hello, guys. Are you well? We're, well, I'm better now. I've got a beer, but yeah. So come on, tell us. Tell us. You're, you're not a podcaster. You're a YouTuber, aren't you? Yes, yeah, so I make uh, yeah video content on YouTube where I do match previews match reactions, um, basically anything Luton Town related I make and then also a little bit of championship content. Right, good stuff. How long have you been doing that for? I've been doing that since I was 16, so um, around about five, six years now. Oh, nice one, good for you. All right, well, let's get straight into it. Now, you know, I know... I know... <laughs> You know, it's obviously, I mean, all all of the people listening to this will get this. I mean, we're we're all quite excited about playing Luton uh, on on Sunday for possibly one reason and one reason alone, and that's the last time that we played Luton was in the nineteen ninety four FA Cup semi final, which obviously, you know, is historic for us because it was it, it led to our first final at Wembley uh, in the FA Cup anyway, certainly for for twenty four years. But actually, more notable, more noteworthy for the fact that my favourite human being on the planet, uh, Mr Kerry Dixon, who's a Luton boy, of course, was playing for you lot, and we sang his name, that our first thought at 90 minutes was not that we'd got to our first FA Cup final for 24 years, but it was to sing Kerry Dixon's name. And it's he knows, he's gone on record, and I've talked to him about this, it's the most emotional Chelsea moment he had in his life, even if he was playing for you lot. I also happen to know that I don't think you were actually born then. No, I was not. So I can't talk to you about what it was like to be there, obviously, Lewis. But, you know, what I would ask you is, is what is, you know, is there a relationship between Luton and Chelsea? Is there a relationship between Luton and Kerry? You know, do, do you guys, you know, I mean, that was the last time you lot would have been, obviously, in a semi-final of a cup. And in fact, actually, I think that season... Well, you'd, you'd, about two seasons before you'd actually got relegated from the Premier, uh, from the Division One, you never quite made it to the Premier League, and of course, it's all been a bit disastrous since then. So, what do you, where do you stand on all of that? To be fair, my family are obviously all Luton Town fans, and I'm thinking my dad and my granddad both went to that um, semi-final, but nothing's really been said with regards to the relationship between Luton and Chelsea. The only thing which I can think of in my head was when you signed the De Silva brothers from us in, our, in the academy. Yeah. That's the only latest thing I can think about, which is recent. Yeah, I mean, it's we. I mean, you know, these boys will know, Jonathan and, and Dan in particular, you know, it seems really odd to be playing Luton, or, or more to the point, odd that we haven't played them for so long, because we've actually played Luton a fair amount of times. I mean, you know, it was, it was quite a fixture in the day. I mean, there's also a bit of naughtiness going on in the 80s <laughs> as well, which I remember. I mean, what are your memories of playing Luton, Dan? I think I remember getting to Kenworth Road. We got beat 2 0, and I was right at the very front, and I was absolutely soaked. Well, we, really we got good... banned from there a few times, yeah. didn't we? I think, By their I think, chairman. Yeah, I think Kingsley Black might have scored, I think, rings a bell. But definitely, we've had like Mick Harford as well. There's another link between Chelsea and Luton, and Mick Harford for a season. He was your manager up until recently, wasn't he? Didn't Mark Steen Before, play for uh, Luton? He did. Yeah, Mark Steen. Yeah, we yeah. signed him from Stoke. Yeah. yeah. I think it's hard to remember. I think did Graham Masso make his debut against Luton oh, at home? Hell. I can't yeah. remember. I can't remember what happened last I'm week. Sure, I'm pretty sure he made his debut and got sent off against Luton towards the end of the season. I think we drew three all. 
So yeah. I've got a few memories, but I definitely remember going to Kenilworth Road and getting absolutely soaked and getting beaten 2-0. That so would have been that would have possibly been in uh, in nineteen ninety one. That's the last league game we had against them, I yeah, think. Yeah, it would have been, yeah, because I think yeah. I just heard we beat them four one uh, at home, but there we go. So I remember and, when we went down and um uh, my dad phoned Eric Morecambe up to try and get a couple of tickets for the directors. And um we Yeah, uh... because basically Lewis his dad is Ernie Wise. No, I'm oh, joking. Okay. I'm joking. <laughs> I, I, I don't think Lewis knows what we're talking about, Chidge. Eric Morecambe, you know who Eric Morecambe is? Yeah, I know who yeah. Eric is. Yeah, but not Ernie Wise though. But Chidge. why not? It's Morecambe and Wise, you great Wally. But but I just felt the, the the blank look on his face gave it away slightly. I thought slightly. Only a little bit. A little bit exactly exactly. But and we and we and I went along thinking, oh, we'll be far too good for this team. Went to Kennel, Kennel. You got a couple, we didn't get the director's box. We got a couple of tickets in the stand, which was very lovely of him. And um, and we lost at Kenworth Road. And I think that's the last time. Yeah. I was Listen, I mean, what I've been desperate to ask uh, Lewis because I mean, you know, really, Luton for us. I mean, this is the point. Really, last time we played you was in '94, uh, and they've very much been out of sight and out of mind ever since. And, you know, as I said, that that uh, couple of seasons before you got relegated from Division 1, what on earth has happened to Luton? Because they kind of really, really went down. I mean, you're, you're back up now. I mean, you're, you're mid-table in the Championship, but you've had a torrid time, haven't you? What happened? Everything that you could possibly imagine has happened to Luton over the last 20 years. Um, dodgy owner um, who destroyed everything about the club. And then it's been like a massive rebuilding job from there really we were harshly treated by the football league you know the minus 30 points in league two you know no other clubs ever had that despite breaking the same rules since so we've just been recovering from what the previous owner did and what the football league have done to us so we're climbing back up we're getting there it may take a little bit longer um stadiums on its way academies improving you know the only way is up for us really we, we keep progressing so you got a new stadium coming yeah, it's going to be built in three years' time, Powerport. So you're leaving Kenilworth Road? Yeah, it's going to be a shame, but yeah. if we want to progress as a football club, we kind of need to leave Kenilworth Road. Mm. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Now, um, what I do know about, about Luton is that, you know, Nathan Jones, you know, garnered quite a reputation as a manager, didn't he? And he got kind of headhunted by Stoke City, which at the time was a a big leap for Nathan because they'd only just got relegated from the Premier League. They had money, you know, they had good owners. Uh, he didn't do very well though. He didn't last long though. And he went back to Luton, but he's a highly regarded manager and he's quite smart, isn't he? He, he likes to tinker a bit and change things around. And he, he's very much a horses for courses kind of manager. And from what I understand, and this is where I get worried, gents, you know me, I'm such a, I'm such a pessimist, but he likes to play five, three, you know, he'll play five at the back basically. Um, but he'll also defend occasionally with a high line, which means, you know, either we can hit you on the break, but also he will quite often like to hit teams on the break. So I'm a bit confused as to how he might set up against Chelsea. We've played five at the back a few times this year, but it's not our go-to formation. Um, normally it's a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1. We're normally, with, we were famous under Nathan Jones for playing the diamond. Um, but then obviously you can't really play that type of system in the Championship or Premier League. But we do play with a high line, but five at the back against you guys, I don't think he will go down that route on Sunday. I'm 
I think because of we we lack left left footers recently with some players leaving on loan. So I've got a feeling he will play full at the back. Right. Why won't he play? I mean, you know, the the cynical amongst the Chelsea supporters, Lewis, will say, well, what do you mean? He'll probably be playing 10 at the back, won't he? To be fair, every team we play, we go for it, you know. You think they they will on Sunday? Yeah, 100%. We won't. Well, when we played Manchester United in the Carabao Cup at the start of the season, we didn't play our strongest lineup. And they had to, Man United had to bring on over £100 million worth of players to kill the game off, you know. So, and we didn't play five at the back against United. So, I feel like with under under Nathan, we go for it every game. We there's never a game under Nathan where we've gone. You know what? We're going to sit back for ninety minutes and just defend it because we're not good enough. That's not Luton. We like to play against teams. We like to give it our all. And when we were in League Two, we went to Newcastle in the FA Cup. We lost three one that day, but we gave them a good go. And we didn't play five at the back away to Newcastle. I know Newcastle and Chelsea. No, there's a massive difference there. But we have that, you know, reputation of don't be scared of the other team, you know, fight it. We, we live for these types of games, basically, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, it's a shame, you, you know, I mean, we, we say this every bloody week when we uh, we get to play a team we haven't played for a long time or a lower league team. It's such a shame that you can't be there because it, it, it's potentially a great day out for you. And, of course, this is a great time to be playing Chelsea. I mean, what do you what do you think of what Lewis has said there, Dan? Yeah, I think he's, he talks a lot of sense. I mean, Nathan Jones, obviously, you know, good manager. He's he a great reputation. Like, for whatever reason, it didn't work out at Stoke. I don't think they necessarily bought into his to his ethos. He's well-respected. And, and I like the fact they're going to come and attack us. It's great to see. I mean, who's going to be your danger man? Have you got, like, a, you know, your key key man? Is there, like, someone who, like, pulls the strings or who will be your, the man to watch? For us, it's Dewsbury Hall. He's been yeah. he's well known from Leicester City, and without him, I don't know where Luton would be this year. He will be playing in the Premier League next year, so I'd be watching out for him if I was you guys because Leicester fans rate him highly. They all wanted him to be recalled back, but we've gone yeah. past the, the recall date. But mm-hmm. he's highly rated. Like everyone, he's centre mid, so yeah. he plays a little bit like he's a bit like Kevin De Bruyne or David Silva type of player. Very good technically. What's, what's his name again? Hall. Hall, did you so, say? Drew, Dewsbury, Dewsbury Hall. Hall. Yeah. Sorry, oh, yeah. sorry, Lewis. Yeah. Kieran Dewsbury Hall. But he scored uh, two second-half goals in his last four appearances. But um, J- James Collins is your uh, main striker, isn't he? He's got nine goals this season. We've played against him. He played uh, for Shrewsbury when we played them in the Cup a few years back. Where would, where would you say your weaknesses are if Chelsea are looking to exploit? I assume you say down the left because you haven't got any sort of natural left footers or... Um, no, we've we've got like I didn't really explain the left footers situation yeah. properly. It's just we've got left footers, but then we're not the, the greatest team attacking down the left hand side. Mm. Um, we've got Dan Potts who isn't the best attacking left back. Our right back James Breeze the better attacking right back. Yeah. But I feel like if you are the way you're going to score is probably set pieces against us because um, we're not the best at defending them. Counter attacks because we've got slow centre backs. So when we do play a high line, um, if you pin the ball over the top, they ain't gonna catch them. Yeah. So I do think counter attacks. I feel it's quite hard to say because we play better against teams who play football. That makes sense. Yeah. It's when you play a physical style of play against us, that's when we flop and that's where we start not becoming the loot in which we love watching. So in the championship, you've got Millwall, Cardiff, Middlesbrough. 
those types of teams play like such a defensive now Bournemouth physical Bournemouth yeah there you go Bournemouth they play the game on the floor play attractive football but we love playing against teams like that because we know how to play against them and we know where their weaknesses are and we can obviously try and beat them that way so that's why I believe we will go at you guys in this game although you have had a problem scoring away haven't you you've not got many goals away from home recently yeah that's it's that's the problem at home as well. We just we struggle to create chances, and then when we do create chances, we're not clinical in front of goal. And that's I think that's down to lack of championship quality. Collins is a championship striker now, but this year he's, he's not been the same player. He's missed a lot of like sitters this year, which he doesn't normally miss. So going forward for us is where it's going to be a problem. That's what worries me in this game a little bit because. If we do get a chance, like against Chelsea, you're going to have to take it. But in my head, I don't think we are going to take it because we're just not clinical in front of goal. But then again, the game against Bournemouth away, that proved me wrong. We took, yeah. Dewsbury Hall had his second chance of the game and he took it. So it just <laughs> depends how clinical we are on the day. If you went straight hang on, Dan, hang on, Dan. Jonathan? If you went ahead, would you then defend? Is that in the, in the nature of the team particularly? or you would? Um, it, depends, like, it depends how the game's going. Um, if we go ahead in the first half, I don't see why we wouldn't push for a second in the second half, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. If we score, like I say, after an hour, then I could see us defending and just like holding on to the lead. It just depends on how the game's when going. It is, when it is in the game, yeah, I understand. Yeah. 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 Uh, sorry, Dan, you wanted to chip in with something? Yeah, I was going to say, I guess it's a free hit for you guys, isn't it? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. not expected to, to do anything, so you can pretty much go carefree and just enjoy the, enjoy the day. Yeah, well, there's, there's no pressure on us whatsoever. Yeah. All the pressure's on you guys to beat us. Well, obviously, Lampard's is massively under pressure, yeah. anyway. Yeah, as I said, but, said yeah. Lewis, it's a really good. It's a you know, if I mean, quite normally you would say there's never a good time to play, you know, a top side. But I think if ever there is a good time to play us, it, it's Sunday. They were they were Chelsea were awful against Leicester on Tuesday. They just they just looked clueless and and had no balls really to put it bluntly so i don't know i mean it could go either go either one way couldn't it i mean you could you could put the fear i mean i i i you know we're we're so good in the cup this is the thing and we're actually really really good gone are the days when che- i mean we're all old enough to remember when chelsea would play a lower league team decide to take the day off and get beaten but i mean actually the reality is if in the kind of the modern version of chelsea you just don't really see that anymore i mean there's only two games that i can remember in the last 20 years where we've done that and one was losing against Barnsley on a cabbage patch yeah. uh, the the worst one was was losing to bloody Bradford City who turned us over 4-2 having been 2-0 down which is one of the most horrific experiences I've had at Chelsea for a long time which led to me getting very drunk afterwards it has to be yeah. said so it, it could be a good time to play Chelsea but the reality is it's going to be really tough for you so how do you see it going? Yeah, like like you said, it's it's going to be tough. I, I just want us to give you guys a fight. Don't make it easy. Look, like we are gonna lose. Let's not lose four or five nil. Let's try it. Like for me, let's make it respectable. Like respect it, enjoy the occasion, but tr- just try. You know, like in the last two away games which we've had, we've had Bournemouth and Brentford, both teams looking to get promotion to the Premier League. So we, we kind of going into this game on the back of two very good away performances. Even though we lost against Brentford, we still put in a very good second half performance. So I just want us to fight. If we can fight, that's all I care about. Just showing yeah. that fight and believe that you can do it. Like you said, Bradford done it and so did Barnsley. 
Why can't we? Yeah, fair enough. So come on then. How's it going to go? What's your prediction, Lewis? I reckon you guys are going to win 2 0. I think Lampard's job is too much at risk. The players have to perform. Like, there's no excuses for you guys <laughs> not to beat us, is what I'm trying to say. Like, the amount yeah. of money you've spent, your squad's worth so much more than ours. So for me, there's no excuses. But there's no pressure on us. Yeah, indeed. Anybody else before we let Lewis go? I think isn't Kante playing on uh, on Sunday? I think he might be back as well, so the uh, the pressure might be less. On uh, they may not risk him though, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's in the squad, JK. Yeah, there you go. All right, Lewis, you've been fantastic, mate. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I, I mean, I'd like to wish you all the luck in the world, but I can't possibly do that for Sundays. I'm sure you understand, but. You know, as somebody who's old enough to remember when Luton had a really decent side, you know, going back to the kind of the 80s, you know, it'd be lovely to see you get back up there. So I, I, I can certainly wish you luck for the rest of the season in the championship and maybe get into the playoffs and, and have a crack at getting back into the Premier League. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on. No, nah, pleasure, mate. You take care. Well done, mate. Really excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you just uh, zip out, Lewis, and then we'll, we'll, we'll pick up. Just quickly, one question, oh, Yeah, guys. yeah, of course. Do you reckon you're going to be playing a strong lineup against us? Like, what type of lineup do you reckon? Yes, I do. But we're, we're going to we yeah. we're going to talk about that in a minute. But yeah, I do because I think I think so many of our players are out of form. He needs to play them back into form. That's my own oh, view. Yeah. But you know, normally he would he would maybe put maybe about three or four youngsters in. But you got to remember, okay. you know, we've got three or four youngsters playing for us every week now, so it's it's a, yeah. a bit weird. But uh, I think you might end up playing a pretty strong lineup on Sunday. Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'd rather you play a strong team. Well, there you so. go. Fair play. We don't know, do we, Chidge? No, the way no, no. good thing is, Kep, Kep will be in goal, so you've got a chance. Oh, God, Kep will be in goal. Shit. But Kep in, yeah, that's fine. Oh, okay, that, that makes me a little bit more happy. <laughs> All right, lovely stuff. Lewis, good to see you, mate. See you, guys. Damn Take well. care. Terrific. Thanks. Right, that was brilliant. Lovely to hear from uh, from Lewis Williams there, who's a a, a Luton Town uh, blogger, YouTube blog. Is it a vlogger, JK? Is it a vlogger? I don't uh, know. He's got his own channel. He's more he's in in charge of his own destiny. Is he channel he's, director. He's, he's, yeah, he's a he's a he's a broadcast um, executive. Exactly. <laughs> he might give us a job, JK. You never know. <laughs> Anyway, it was brilliant. I really enjoy that, as I always do. Now, uh, after this very quick break, it's our turn to tell you what we think is going to happen on Sunday. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show with me, Stanford Chidge. Him down there, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Whoop. And him up there, Mr. Dan Silver. Hello, hello. Of course, that's meaningless when I actually, you know, you know, kind of introduce you locationally. We get it, though. You get it, but nobody else have a bloody clue what I'm talking about. According to my gallery, I'm I'm above Dan. So in fact, I shouldn't be. I'm not actually down there. You are. I'm above. Okay. I don't mean that. Maybe I don't mean that metaphorically. This is like this is like that. Um, <laughs> in the physically with cameras. It's like that '60s sketch. I look up to him, but I look down to him. You know, I always love that. Anyway, uh, we should get on with it. Really, um, we had a lovely chat with Lewis Williams, for, who, who's a Luton Town uh, YouTuber. Uh, very interesting to hear from him. Um, and I mean, he kind of was quite interested. I mean, it was off air, really, but he was quite interested in in, in what kind of team. 
uh, we think might happen on Saturday. So it's probably most sensible to start with that. Um, as you know, because I said, you know, kind of off air, I think, JK, that Frank is going to start a pretty strong team because I think after the debacle against Leicester, it's just so clear. I mean, actually, somebody, I wish I, could, I, wish I noted these things down at the time, but I do remember somebody putting a tweet out um, which basically listed most of Chelsea's squad saying either out of form or never been in form, which I thought was a bit harsh, but actually quite fair. But I mean, the reality is that so many players are really out of form and he needs to get a tune out of these guys. So I think he's going to start with a pretty strong side. Well, I, I find the words out of form just really bewildering because they were so awful. Oh, Chilwell, for example, oh, out of form. Got shadow of his former self to a degree you think, God, they paid over 50, 50 million for him. I almost said thousand of a different era. Um, uh, I, I found the performance utterly bewildering. So um, uh, you wonder whether he might give a, a chance to several people who we haven't seen before, you know, give um, um, Timo Andrin a go. I mind you, I said this for the last round. We were hoping he would play just because he's he, he's done well for the for the youth. And it gives another option. But at the moment, um, it, it seems that the, the, Frank keeps going on about the basics, but it's it's a kind of sort of actually being committed to the team that appears to be missing as well from it, which I find very, very um, difficult to cope with. You, you just watch in slight disbelief that these are these there. It's not a question of downing tools that we talked about before, but you there, there appears to be no teamwork and. Uh, and a complete lack of everything we would expect for a team playing who were who've won so many trophies in the last few seasons. And um, you, you, you. Uh, I mean, I was. I, you, you hope we hope that Gilbert gets a game. Can you give Gilbert a go? It would be nice. Because, Who's Gilbert? Sorry, sorry. Gilbert, Gilbert, Gilbert Grape. What are you talking Gilbert, about? Gilbert Gilmore. <laughs> I like calling him Gilbert. He he strikes me as a Gilbert. Um, <laughs> Jonathan yeah, we, was away with the fairies. Yeah, we apologise um, for the dementia interruption. Yeah, Normal yeah, service yeah. will be resumed soon. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, so he's yeah, the only um, one who doesn't drink. That's the frightening thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's all, it's, it's all falling apart this end. Um, but yeah, as, as long as he doesn't play Rudiger, please. Ever again, ever again, Jonathan. Please, please, can we have? Can we have? Can we go back to the partnership that I thought worked? Oh, vaguely? God, the yeah, silver yeah, and Zuma. You know what? Well, what's this been about? What did he pick Rudiger for twice? Rudiger just well, there was that rumour, wasn't there? Thanks, jo- Jonathan, Jonathan, yeah. there, there was yeah. that rumour kicking around that there was a bit of politics at play there, that he yeah. was either grumbling too much, being too uh, kind of disruptive by being left out, or they're putting him in the shop window. I think that's the least likely argument, given how shonky he is, but, you know, trying to get him out by playing him a bit and saying that he's still OK to play, you know. Who knows? But I can't understand it myself because he's not good enough. You can't do that. You can't play somebody in the shop window. You put him, you play him in the Luton game if it's a shop window, but you don't yeah. play him against uh, top-class Well, it's, it's interesting because we're getting, we're getting some pushback on Mixler, which I, I should have said earlier on. I've, I've, I've ignored the Mixler people uh, singularly tonight, and I'm very apologetic about that. But Go Blue or Go Home says, I don't think Rudiger did anything wrong, Jonathan. Well... I have to say that positionally, I think he's woeful. And I think his distribution is equally woeful. He just hoofs it up. You know, Silver will do a long 40-yard pass to Feet, 
Hudiger just hoofs it, and it just—it's just not good enough. But you know, we're all entitled to an opinion. I get how, that. How can he not have done anything wrong when we lost easily, and he was out of position, and he went for the same ball on several occasions yeah. as uh, as Silver? I don't. Are, are we watching? Well, actually, I, the other thing that was we we had we didn't really because okay. I mean we, because of Liam's contretemps with Frank today, we didn't really get to review the Leicester match much. But you know, one of the things I thought was interesting was that by playing. Uh, this I can't remember again where I found this, but it was really a really good point. But by playing Rudiger, that meant that to accommodate Rudiger, Silva had to play on the other side. You know that he wasn't playing in his usual position, yes, yes. and that's just very silly, is the polite way of putting it, Dan. Anyway, that's um, crazy, yeah, yeah, Dan. I mean, who do you think's going to? James doesn't look fit enough, does he? Well, I, I don't think I was going to say. No, I can't. I mean, he he had a, he had a horror, but I I think he's not fit. So actually, get his operation sorted out because you're not doing him any favours. No. You know, you can't afford to have a young player playing not 100% fit, making mistakes and shattering his confidence. Confidence. So just bite the bullet. Get his operation done and get him back to fitness as soon as you can. Dan, who's yeah, going to start on Saturday, mate? Yeah, I mean, the problem with that is Aspi, you get a pacey left wing, Aspi's going to be massively exposed like he was, has been. But I think he'll play Aspi. I think he'll play Chilwell. Zuma, Silva, Gilmore, Mount, Havertz, and then front three. Guess it's as good as mine. I think Giroud is still injured, isn't he? I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I play Tima down the middle. I play um, Pulisic and um, Hudson-Odoi. Pulisic and Odoi. Odoi, Odoi should be playing on the right side. Odoi should, because he's done really well. Well, he, well, but he, he still didn't play well against Leicester. I oh, never played well against Leicester. But... I was bemused about how Adoy. We thought he's been getting his opportunities, been playing excellently, he's been playing one at the best, and he was just insipid. The whole team of pants, so you know, yeah, yeah. around just playing pants. It's very hard for you to sort of stand yeah. out and um, be yeah. good. I mean, I mean, Leicester were just in second gear all the way through. It was it, just they were just effortless. But that's what they Madison said afterwards. That, you know, that, that they were organised well to a team. Where do you think of Brendan Rodgers? He knows how to organise a team. Yeah. He's a good he coach. Well. He's a good coach. He's a very good coach. Very and they're good a good coach, team, yeah. you know. And I mean, look, I mean, I think people forget this as well. And I'm not trying to make excuses for for Chelsea's performance on on Tuesday because it was clearly not good enough. And I mean, you'd have to be blind not to admit that. Uh, but Leicester are a good side, and you know he's got a good team going there. You know, they 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 know each other's game. They don't look like Chelsea, who look like a bunch of strangers and individuals at times. But um, they also went top by beating Chelsea. So you know they're in good form. You know, so think, you know there are. I mean, it's not a mitigating circumstance, but I think it's a re- realistic view of where we are at the moment compared yeah. to Leicester. What I like to also is Frank just say, right, I'm going to have the, this is my eleven. I'm going to give them five, six games. I'm not going to chop and change. Maybe interchange one or two for Tyler's, but not wholesale changes week in, week out because there's no continuity. So you know, Timo's down the middle, a winger, two wingers, and then just have a real. Mm. Well, Five, six, seven, eight games. Listen, we've got Wolves and Burnley coming up after the, um, the FA Cup, and that, I think these will be the three defining games of Frank's tenure. Well, I, I mean, that's what I couldn't understand about recent team selections too. Yeah. I mean, there is a there is an aside to this, which you know, I've I've often claimed with Frank that actually, what Frank will do, unlike any other Chelsea manager we've seen, I I can't even go foot that far back, but. I, I, I don't know, maybe it's just naive, fant, fant, uh, fantastical thinking on my behalf, but I genuinely believe that because of the connection that Frank has to the club, because of his love of the club, that the decisions that he makes are 
in the best interests of the club and the players at that club, not himself. So whereas other managers would just do everything they have to do to, to save their neck, I don't think Frank will. I think he'll do what's best for the club. Uh, just my belief. I could be wrong. But nevertheless, that notwithstanding, I think, you know, I think he'll pick uh, Rudiger and Zuma. I, I don't think that Silva will start because I, I worry about the... We've got Wolves next week. Yeah, true. And yeah. I don't think he has it in his legs. I think Kepa will start because we've been seeing Kepa, um, you know, in the... Uh, uh, you know, in the cup games, yeah. I think it's should... Christensen uh, still injured. Sorry to interrupt. Is Christensen still injured? Well, well, fit for what? <laughs> Scrap me. Do you think he might pick him instead of? Well, I him? hope not because I don't think he's. I mean, you know, he should be good enough against Luton. Let's be honest, but you and know, there's no, there's no because Gooey's on loan. There aren't any really young centre backs in the squad, are there? Well, not now. tomorrow he's gone off no. on loan, which is, I think, pretty much been. Uh, oh, um, he's it's been at Milan. Have announced yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, Kepa, obviously, I think. I wouldn't be surprised to see Emerson start, although I think Chilwell needs to because I need. To, I think he needs to get some confidence back. Yeah. You can't start Reese if he's not fit, so Aspie starts. I don't think Silva will start, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Zuma and Rudiger. But you're right, mate. I, you know, you could quite easily see Christensen come in. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Kante will start, and in fact, again, if he's getting an over injury, I wouldn't start him. Yeah. I know I don't want to see Jorginho play for Chelsea again ever. So yeah. he's got to play Gilmore, and I can't see yeah. why he won't. You know, unless there's well, something about his recovery. Well, unless there's something about his recovery that we don't know about. Yeah. But I would start Gilmore. Mount always starts, and and I think he has to because he's the one player in that team who gets it and works his bollocks off and puts in a shift. You know, apart from everything else, you know, he's frank on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, I would absolutely start Havertz because Havertz needs confidence returning to him. And he'll only get that by playing. Um, and I would start Werner for the same reason. You know, he is not going to get back into form unless he's scoring goals and having the chance to do so. Yeah. So Havertz and Werner have to start for me. And then it's a question of who starts on the wing. Um, I think, you know, Ziyech is in shit form. It's, there's, a, there's, a good, there's a good call to be made to start him. And again, Pulisic is trying to get back into form. So yeah. why not start them both? We know hudson Adoy is doing all right. We know Frank's happy with him. You could say that he's got less to prove now. So, you know, in, in that in that sense, you know, maybe he needs less of a run than Ziyech and Pulisic. So there you go. That's my side. More or less agreed, aren't we? I think, I think so. Well, we you, well, we, we usually we, do, to be fair. We, we, we almost... We, we, we chose a similar team the other day, didn't we? And were... And completely we're, wrong. We're completely wrong. We're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Disappointed by well, that. Well, is, we, is, is it just as well people don't listen to this for our expertise and knowledge, isn't it? Really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look. Apart from that, I mean, you know, we we don't know who he's gonna 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 pick. I mean, what I would say is that you know Frank knows how important the FA Cup is for this club. Um, it was very good to him as a player for us. He knows how much we love the FA Cup. So, you know. I hope he's got it into the players how important that is and 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 that we want to we want to do the best we can. But also um I think the most important thing is I mean there's been a lot of talk about this this week about you know has he lost the dressing room is there a divide in the camp all these kind of things. Um I I don't know why they they didn't put in a shift last week. I I I hope Frank's finding that answer this week but you know they've got to put a performance in on Sunday. 
that says, I want to play for this club, I like playing for this club, and I want to play for this manager, and I'm prepared to walk through a bloody brick wall to do it. Anything less than that is not going to be good enough in my book, and and, and that's what I want to see. JK? Can I just make an observation? Uh, All last season, at 70 minutes or wherever the match was going, he would always um, ostentatiously chat to Jody. They would they would have a chat. Jody would come to the front and they'd have a talk and they'd look at a few, have a few ideas and a few. Um, Jody might get an iPad out or something. I haven't seen it at all. Was he season. watching Netflix? It could have been that. It's actually she was showing some porn or something. <gasps> some you can't porn. say things like that. That's only, no, that's allegedly, by the way. Yeah, completely allegedly. No, as, as a joke, obviously, obviously not in the middle of a football match. But um, it could be football porn. It could be old Chelsea goals, or perhaps he's showing him a goal that he scored when he. So was you're playing. using porn in a kind of a like a verb, really. Yeah, yeah, to porn. Yeah, 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 to, yeah. Uh, to Gilbert. Yeah, exactly similar. Um, so uh, no, I'm just bemused as to what role. Jody's having in this at the moment. Well, Jody is the guy who sets it up, you know, tactically. Really, that's that's his role, from what I'm led to believe. Well, then he's uh, there. Exactly. Lies a problem. Yeah, you know, nothing's happening, is it? Perhaps he's not doing it anymore, or perhaps whenever he does do it, Frank disagrees, or perhaps they. I've just it was just something I noticed. They were very much more of a team last season. But there's there's a. And that, I'm not getting that at all. Well, I, I I you know I think in a sense I, look here's the thing, people, and this is a big thing to bring in at the kind of the eleventh hour, but. It's very difficult for us because, I mean, none of us have, have managed a football club, obviously, but um, or coached one, more to the point. But I think it's really difficult for us to gauge how difficult it is to... Well, actually, do you know what? I mean, I don't know if you've ever had any experience of managing anything else, but I think the same rules apply. If you have a really good group of people who are, who are, who have formed and bonded and, you know, become a really good team, and then in the next year you bring in four or five different people who have to be absorbed into that team it can be really really discombobulating and really disruptive and i don't think we i mean we've seen it i've mentioned this in articles that i've written about what happened to fulham uh, a couple of years ago what happened to villa last year it can be really difficult to to absorb and get them to gel and 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 redefine that that bond and that team ethic. So when when i think you say last year jonathan yeah but they looked a real team last year i agree they did because they were, but this is a different year, and you've got to accommodate all those different uh, players and changes, and maybe it's proving to be really difficult. And egos, of course. Oh well, as always, that as well, you know. Maybe they just don't. Maybe he just doesn't manage the uh, Chelsea Football Club in the brilliant way that I manage all the different personalities and egos on the Chelsea fancast. One has, yeah, and one has to remember, yeah, that we are unbelievably egotistical. Me and Dan, for example, and uh, and you do very well. And obviously, you. I'm not. I'm just so shy you're and retiring. You are. You are. And accommodating. You're the, wall, you're the wallflower. <laughs> yeah, you are a wallflower. Chidge, yeah. So yeah. there you go. Say, Lampard one, out, Chidge in. One statement to make is. Havertz and Werner were two of the best players in the Bundesliga last year. Yeah, but it's a different league, mate, isn't it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, they're it does matter good. because they're playing for different managers. They're playing for diff- with yeah. different players and different systems. You know, all of these things come into it. Adapting through a pandemic. It's yeah. just, it's, it's a very, listen, I tweeted during the week. I'm, I'm just trying to look from the club's point yeah. of view. That's listen, I, I well, if you, sorry, Dan, if you look at it from the club's point of view, we're doomed because there's not one person on that board. And when I mean by that, I mean, Bruce, Guy Lawrence, Marina, 
Eugene Tannenbaum. I don't mean Petr Cech, because I think Petr Cech probably knows more about football than you, me, and Dan will ever know. But that lot, I would put money on the fact that I know more about football than any of them. 100%. Yeah. I, I, I tweeted the week that Frank's come in, he's had to talk the transfer ban, a pandemic, a back-to-back season in 18 months. That's For any manager, that's a hell of a lot to take on. And that's ridiculous. I mean, that's just three, you know, he didn't sign up for that after transfer ban. No one could have foreseen the pandemic. And then literally back-to-back seasons, three weeks in between, no time to gel, no time to get the players integrated. It's, it's, it's tough. The, Even, look how tough Klopp's finding it as an yeah, experienced manager. Indeed. I agree, but there must be something happening that that has got... Well, uh, maybe, maybe it's not. said that they're lining up a whole... Because he was saying yeah, that it's it's stuff that he didn't it's want it, to talk about. Yeah, this is yeah, not yeah. Sort of proper business. Yeah. They to, I'm sure Mourinho, they were looking at people maybe after season three or season four. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure they do it as a matter of course. They talk to people. They talk to agents. The same way as they do to players. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. The implicate. I know, but he was almost inferring that. That far gone. That it was too far gone. That know, but, that, yeah. my friends, is the living, breathing definition of confirmation bias. And if we had, yeah. if we had Martin, and I wasn't going to push Liam on that. He's had a rough enough day as it is without me pitching into him. But actually, that's what Frank's talking about. You know, it's it's yeah. It, it's confirmation bias in the fact that you know journalists write an article, okay, and in a sense unconsciously want it to become true because it validates what they've said and it makes them look like good journalists. Yeah, yeah. You know. I said, oh, stop, a stop clock is right twice a day. Frank's going to get sacked, or he's not going to get. Well, sacked. I mean, Frank is going to get sacked at some time. It's not a question yeah. of if; it's a question of when. I would prefer it's after about five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, whatever years. You know, when he's done a brilliant job and created a, a brilliant team to rival the one that he played in and pr- yeah. and made these fan, you know these youngsters into fantastic first team world class players that's what i want to see because yeah, i think well, we i think we need to ha- we need you know if 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 you just dis- okay purely by luck and serendipity we found ourselves in a pickle with the transfer ban it provided the conduit to putting a lot of these youngsters in we know that roman wanted that and has always wanted that well if that's what you want deal with the pain in getting there and, and be patient about it. You know, don't have fucking small testicles and throw your toys out of the pram after a season and a half. You know, that's my view. But they're the ones that run the club and it's their arse and their money on the line. So you can understand why they might do that. I fundamentally disagree with it, but that as is my right. But, you know, there's bugger all I can do about it, unfortunately. Yeah, agreed. Anyway, on after that mini, it's almost a rant by me there. Goodness me. The beer well, talking. It was. Okay, Definitely. it was. All right, I'll take that. I'll take that. Right, listen, chaps. Um, what is going to happen? How do we see it going? I'm going to give you a stat before you answer that, all right? Which I love this stat. I didn't even know it existed. One of the nice things about doing this show on a Friday is that I get to steal Rick Glanville's wonderful work on uh, his pre-match briefing. Dan's grinning because he's figured that out. But this is a great stat. Chelsea's previous eight FA Cup home wins came to nil. How about that, Dan? That's impressive, yeah. I mean, our cup record is phenomenal over the last 20, 25 years. Yeah, we, 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 just brilliant. I said, I love the FA Cup. I'm really sad we can't go. That, you know, something about the FA Cup when you've got the entire away end um, shed in full of away fans from a lower league is always so much fun. Just just the, the, the sheer joy they get from coming to a, a Premier League club. So that's, I'm going to miss not going. But it's, it's the FA Cup. You've got to think... You know, we beat Luton and, you know, Norwich or whoever is in the next round. We have hopefully got a path to the quarterfinals. 
Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. I forgot the fact that there's already... Yeah. One of Liverpool and Man U are going to go out, Southampton or Arsenal are going to go out. Yeah. So some decent teams are going to drop by the wayside. So, you know, who knows? Who knows? Listen, Frank could turn it around. He could end up coming top four and win the FA Cup. And I think I think this is the thing that, as you could say, I mean, I did, did do a bit of a rant there. JK was spot on. But I think that's my frustration because... Um, I think this season of all seasons, when things are so mad and unpredictable and you suddenly see Man United utter shit at the beginning of the season, now they're at the top. Arsenal in 17th position and now they're getting back. Liverpool on firing on all cylinders and suddenly they're, they're, at, they're as shonky as we are at the moment. Things turn their, around. Their home, their home, um, yeah. their home yeah. record, haven't they? Which I rather yeah. love. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know... Tops have more impeachments than they've had home goals this year. Exactly, there you go. You know, things... Things this year are very odd and different and things can turn around and we are not adrift. I mean, we are not in Jose Mourinho territory in 2015 here by no. any stretch of the imagination where we played badly. We, there were, you know, there was a possibility that if something didn't happen, we might get relegated. It was, re- it was that real. I remember it. And of course, all the players hated him. We're not in that territory at all. So for the club to be wandering around, you know... I mean, I wonder what goes on at that club sometimes. I really do. And I think Dan, as always, he, he nailed it, JK. Ultimately, I think you have to view Chelsea Football Club through one lens and one lens alone. And that's, it's all about money. You know, it's all about revenue. And, and when they get a sniff that that might be affected, they do something. But we've been saying this, haven't we, that if he doesn't make fourth and goes out of the Champions well, League... Early that that he's not fulfilling his part of well then the wait wait till of the bargain regardless of wait what till we, the end of the season and, then wait till the end of the season if he doesn't do it but they'll know won't they if he if uh, if he, they go out against Atletico and they and they're and they're and the team's about fourteenth you know that that appears to me to be the kind of time they might be thinking and of and, and yet still there's no point doing that because you know it's not you know the. the I, I get, I get the, I get the, the converse argument. I'm playing devil's advocate. No, no, there, but you're right. Yeah. The converse argument is, is that if you desperately want to get fourth and you really think that he's not going to get fourth, then act to try and make sure that we do. Why wait until it's a fait accompli and you don't make fourth? Yeah. But I mean, you know what? What's you know? Who knows? Look, at the end of the day, there's nothing we can do. What's going to happen on Sunday, J.K.? Uh, we're going to win um, four two. Four two. Yeah, I think they'll score twice because we're a bit we're a bit poor at the moment. Poor, poor, poor. Yeah, very poor. Poor. We're a bit poor. They're rubbish at scoring goals though, Luton mate, and we don't let them in at home in the okay, FA Cup. Five-one. Okay, three-nil. We're going to win. Okay. You're going to go for three-nil. Yeah. 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 You sound really, really convinced. Well, I don't, I, they're, they're they're terrible at the moment. I'm, you know, <laughs> what do I? What am I supposed to say? You know, and, I'm, and, I'm, I'm the man who earlier on said we we're going to win everything when we were playing wonderfully. How are the mighty fallen? Oh, you, know, you see, you hexed it, mate. It's all your I fault. Did. I did. It was my fault. Saying when you said, you know, I said we're going to beat everybody. We'll end up winning the league easily. And I th- thought. this is the guy, by the way, who's still at the bottom of the Prem Predictions League. He's now been overtaken by Harry Burke, who only joined last week. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't know that, did you? <laughs> well, well, no, because uh, he's not part of the Chelsea fancast, is he? I only look at the Chelsea fancast bits, don't I? So, You're your bottom uh, of that one by a long way, mate. Of course I am. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why bother, you bother to ask me to predict anything if I'm going to get get given a hard time. For, for, oh, you know, Jonathan, we love you anyway. Uh, Dan, yeah, so he says 3-0. What do you say, Dan? I am going to think we're going to turn up 
really comprehensive performance. We're going to win five one. Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm going to go. I'm actually with JK here. I think three nil. Uh, I think that stats are beauty, and I think that 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 I don't think Luton are very good at scoring. That's that's pretty much what all yeah, the. Oh, there's there's always that, isn't there? Fuck. Now I'm going to go three nil, three nil. I'm going to stay with three. See now, what worries me is if I'm predicting the same as JK, that's dangerous. So I might say two nil. Okay, I'm going to say two nil. All right, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to go two nil. You, you sure you don't, go, you don't want to go four nil just to be different? I'm not me. feeling that confident for a four nil. They're a yeah, championship yeah. side. They're not like Morecambe. That's true. You that's know, true. they're not they're not idiots. Anyway, the thing is. Come Sunday uh, afternoon, we will know. We will literally know the score. I mean, what I do hope, as I said, the thing that I hope most for, whatever the result is, is that that they play. You know, they they play like they give a shit. You know, and they put they put an, a lot of effort in, and they play for us. They play for Frank, and actually, they play for their own bloody self-respect because I think they lost a lot of that on Tuesday, and they need to they need to put a shift in and put a performance in on Sunday, and that's what I hope for. Right, you lovely people. Um, that is it. That's it for for this Friday. Uh, thank God for that. I I hear some of you saying, but uh, it's been brilliant to see so many people in Mixler tonight listening live. I'm sorry, it's always a bit hectic on Friday, so it's hard for me to kind of you know read all of your comments and and bring them in. Although I do try, but it's lovely to see you nevertheless. Uh, me and JK will be back on Monday, of course, for the usual Chelsea fancast, and we'll be joined by the Right Reverend Tony Glover. And Dane Whittle, when, of course, we'll be looking back at the Luton match, which hopefully we'll, we will have won by more than 2-0. Uh, and, of course, we'll be looking ahead to the tough Wolves match on Wednesday. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Dan, always lovely to see you, mate. Yeah, good to be on. Thank you very much. Yeah, have an, have an enjoyable weekend. Stay safe, my friend. And uh, JK, always lovely to see you on a Friday. I've contributed very little tonight. Dan has been on fire. Been, yeah, uh, yeah. Enjoy to hear him. No, it's no good saying stop it. You have. You've been great. Do you oh, know what your you. best contribution has been tonight? What? What? Uh, what my my background's nice. Yes, Darbley yeah, Street. Yeah, Darbley Street. Background. I used to have an office in Darbley Street. Did you? I could. If if you moved, I could probably see it. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No, your chair's in the way. But I did. I had an office in Darbley Street uh, when I was a media mogul. Okay. So there you go. His days are sadly long gone. Uh, but there you go. JK, lovely to see you as always, my friend. You stay safe. Take care this weekend. And I look forward to reconvening on Monday. Monday, yeah. Brilliant stuff. Right, you lot out there, thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills! <laughs>